Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Psalm 126, 127, and 128. <clears throat> when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. You know, starting off here in 126, and we're talking about basically a a remembrance of a time when they had felt the Lord's hand upon their nation. And... Because the hand of the Lord or the presence of the Lord was manifest or made known during this generation and during this place, it says that it was like we could dream. And you think about that. What is that? You think about a a dream in a literal sense of sleeping deeply and well enough and peacefully enough that your mind could go adrift and think about things that are um, almost, you know, just like fairy tales, or we're we're just able to think about things that are uh, almost childlike. You know, the the Bible is so, uh, there's so many reminders in the Bible of, you know, the faith of, of children and just how they just how they are and how they operate and that's one thing that children do so well is they dream they dream in the literal sense of that they sleep you know soundly every night and they uh think they dream of the wildest things and then they also dream in the in the way of they they can their imagination believes that anything is possible they're not downtrodden they can easily allow their mind to skip off to another place and not in a and not a negative place but a positive place right sometimes as we have as our minds are filled with negativity our minds can easily go adrift and think about the worst possible scenario and, and how bad things could end up but when we're when we're really surrounded by the lord's presence our mind almost starts to go adrift in a positive way. Wow, what could happen? What's the best that could happen? As opposed to the worst. And it says that their mouth was filled with laughter and their tongue with shouts of joy. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. And so, you know, this is just, if we are people that love Jesus and spend time in his presence, then we're going to experience these things. You're going to experience the ability to dream. To think positive, that that means to think positively. That also means to rest soundly. 
right? And we're going to be people whose mouth are filled with laughter. There's no, there should be no such thing as a, a grumpy, frustrated, passive-aggressive, uh, angry Christian. You know, that, that's only a Christian that's, that's starving themselves from the bread and the, and the cup that the Lord has given to us to drink and eat from. Okay, that means if we are to call ourselves a Christian and we're angry all the time and we're negative all the time, that means we're simply not sitting down at the Lord's table and having communion with Him enough. Because if, if I would be in His presence, then I would dream. If I would be in His presence, then I would laugh. If I would be in His presence, then my tongue would be filled with shouts of joy. I would, my mind would be flooded with gratitude. That's not to condemn you if you feel as though you're in a season where those things are very difficult for you to operate in. <laughs> Some seasons are certainly more conducive to joy uh, than others. But that's why Jesus came so that we could live absent of our circumstances and our seasons and we could go and meet and sit at his table even in the presence of our enemies you know and we could there have joy and and we could meet with him and so yes your season may make it more difficult for you to have joy but your season does not excuse you from having shouts of joy and that your mouth is filled with laughter and your mind is filled with dreams because if you're meeting with the Lord, then it doesn't matter what you're in the presence of. Because if you're getting into His presence, it supersedes anything that's surrounding you. Okay? If you're surrounded by the Lord. And so, um, you know, th that's just something we're all working on. Is how can I surround myself with the Lord's presence so much so that it overshadows the presence of negativity and, and fear and and the, all the things that may be surrounding me. And it, it, it may be difficult at times. It may not be a morning prayer kind of a thing. It may not be two or three chapters. It may not be listening to my podcast. It, it, it may be that you're going to have to deeply pursue the Lord's presence in order to get your mind to dream and your mouth to laugh and your tongue to shout joy. You know, this might be an hourly thing. You've got to go be in His presence. This might be a not a few chapters a, a day thing. This might be a, a book of the Bible a day. My point is, season to season, you can't expect that you're going to need to drink the same amount of water. Okay, we don't expect that for our bodies. If I'm going to sit around and watch TV all day, I could probably get by with two bottles of water. Right? I mean, my body could technically, you know, my, my body deserves more than that. It needs more than that. But I'm not going, I'm not going to pass out because there's not, a, I'm not putting my body into a place of exhaustion where it's going to de deplete the supply of water that my body already has. But if I'm going to go run a marathon, all of a sudden water becomes so much more difficult. Uh, it becomes so much more important, rather. Um, you know, if I'm going, if I'm going to, if I'm sick, if my body is afflicted, you know, you see the importance of it naturally as far as the body and its needs physically for, for water and food. And you, and you adjust it based off of what you're experiencing. Well, what I'm saying is spiritually it has to be the same way. The, 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 uh, the bar has been set. The, the, uh, the standard has been set. The standard for those of us that know God is that we dream and we laugh and we have joy. Okay? That's the standard. Now, you're not going to have the same, you're not going to be able to do the same things every day to reach the standard. Some days you're going to wake up and go to church and, and, and you're going to leave church and you're going to go have lunch with your friends and you, you're just going to feel exactly like this. 
and and it's just because you're just reclined spiritually and everything is just smooth and then you're going to have days Tuesdays at work where you're you're going to need to be in prayer before the day starts and then on your lunch break and then as soon as you get home and you're going to have to read the entire book of Matthew and because you're you've exhausted yourself there's been su- it's been such a difficulty it's been such a time of it's been it's been like you've been running through the desert all day you know, and the enemy's been chasing you and all these things. And so my, my whole point is, and, and I've gotten carried away, but I feel as though it was, it was ordained for us today. But my whole point of it is, is we're not necessarily going to find a recipe for how much time I need to be in God's presence. The recipe instead is the standard of dreaming and laughing and having joy. And I have to do, I have to put into the recipe whatever it'll take for the day to, to arrive at the standard. Okay. At the end of the day... This is what I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna experience. You know, it kind of reminds me of you know when you're cooking. Sometimes, if you look on the back, the back of the box, sometimes of a recipe. I think it's interesting, and I haven't seen this in a while. But I remember reading it when I was younger. I remember they would give separate instructions for how to cook what you were making based on the altitude in which you lived, and that's very scientific and not something I can understand or explain right now. But you know, I remember seeing that if you lived in certain altitudes, that you would need to actually bake your brownies, your cookies, and all this stuff in a different way and at a different temperature based off of the altitude that you are living in. And that just comes to my mind to say there are different seasons in which we live in where the recipe that's always worked, it won't work anymore. Okay, I know you've been having your daily prayer every morning and and, and you've been and you've been reading your daily Bible verse on the Bible app every day and you know everything's just been trucking along and now you're in a different altitude and the cookies are they're not cooking anymore. You know what I'm saying? Things have changed or they're burning or and it's and it's and it's just to understand that the standard is set and then I have to do whatever it takes to get to the standard. There were times when Jesus would go up to the mountaintop to pray and he would come down. And then there were times he would pray all night long. You know, and so we just have to understand that there's there's difference in seasons, and uh, we have to just maintain the standard. And so it says, "Restore our fortune, O, o Lord, like streams streams in the Negev." And this is a desert. And so it's saying, "Lord, could you just give for us water in the desert?" And that's what we're talking about. It doesn't matter the season, Lord. It doesn't matter what's around us. You know, and if you look up the the Negev, this desert, basically, the, if rain, if significant amount of rain would fall, it streamed down the mountain, and it would and it would flow, and there would be streams literally in the desert that were brought by the mountain, and it would come and it would drift its way down. And so, it's a prayer of God. Would you just bless us from heaven? And would it would it trickle would it would it tr- trickle's not a word I don't think trickle would it would it trickle all the way down to us into every part of our lives those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy he who goes out weeping bearing the seed for sowing shall come home with shouts of joy bringing his sheaves with him and so Lord we just we know you're going to do it again because you've done it before so we just we just pray that your presence would would ignite us again and flood our hearts and our minds and that you that you you would even flow and work in our, in giving us provisions and so uh, Psalm 127 says unless the Lord builds the house those who build it labor in vain we know that verse we quote that right <clears throat> the idea of this vain or this vanity you think about you know you're so vain, you know, you probably think this podcast about you, you know, you think about that, that, kind of, that kind of vanity is a selfishness is what we think of when we think about that kind of vain. In scripture, when we read the word vain, a lot of times it's really the idea of useless. 
it, it, it is, it's maybe it's self-serving, maybe it's self-seeking, but ultimately what it is is it's useless. That's really the, the correct uh, translation of that word is it's useless. So unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it, their labor is useless. Okay, it, 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 it serves no greater purpose. It has no meaning. And if it did, it would be only for yourself. And for that reason, it's useless. Okay, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Meaning it's useless to stay awake watching over the city if the Lord is not watching over the city. And that is very true because unless the Lord is on our side, then... then what what are we what are we really going to do right you know but if the lord is on our side then what could ever come against us goodness just imagine if our country could take a hold of that right think about all the resources that go into national defense and the military and all these things and i'm not saying there's i'm not going to get into that i'm not saying there's anything wrong with it or anything i'm just saying just imagine if our mentality was let's let's submit to the lord and let's make sure that the lord is on our side Okay, and I know we just assume that because we're America and the Lord, you know, land of the free and home of the brave and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, we're not a, really not a nation under God anymore. And, and if we would, if we reset our sights on being under God, then we would have the legion of heaven's armies fighting for us. And, and, and then the, the work of the watchman is still work to be done. But the confidence in the watchman to know that God is with us, you know, that is, that is just powerful. And so uh, I'm just saying, what if the, the amount of effort that we go into national defense and going into our military and making sure that our country, what if we just took a tiny bit of that effort and we were to actually think, let's just make sure God's on our side. Let's just make sure God's on our side. Let's just make sure God is watching over our city. What if, what if we had appointed intercessors as a nation, just constantly praying for protection around our nation, around every state, around every city. What if this was our military and strategy more than it was, you know what I'm saying? Isn't, wouldn't that be just amazing for us to, to think about our country in that way? And of course, we can do that as the church. We could pray for our nation and our, our city. We could, we could pray for these things and make sure that the Lord is, is watching over our, our, our city and that we would repent and turn to Him and He would heal our land. You know, but I'm just saying, isn't it funny how we, we do these sort of things? And it says, it is vain. And this is the one that really blessed me today. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Okay, just again saying, look at all these things that we're doing. We're building. We're watching. Okay, we're building of things and kingdoms and houses and careers and families we're watching over uh these things assuring that they won't be you know and, and not even just on a national level i think i think people have gone to new heights even just on a personal level you know think about security you know is everyone's got their camera and their their gun and their doors are locked and you know all of these things and i'll just be transparent with you and i, I don't have any problem with people being like that but I'm just going to be I'm just going to be honest with you to say that I've never been like that and uh, only recently because my hand has been forced to do it do I even lock my doors in my home at any moment and I still very very rarely lock the doors of any of my vehicles and I'm not telling you this is a biblical recipe I I'm just I'm just saying I've always had a just a confidence that the Lord is looking after me and and um you know and and I'm not you know what I'm saying I 
you do what you want to do. I'm just stating the fact that we should have a confidence that the Lord is looking after us, you know. And uh, uh, by mean, by no means do I feel as though we shouldn't lock our doors or you can't have a gun or do whatever you want to do. But don't don't remember that if that that you can't protect yourself alone and that the Lord's protection for your life is greater than anything you could do naturally to defend yourself. So don't all my point is don't let it produce fear in you. You know, uh, sometimes we you know, people get fearful about trying to protect themselves. And it's like, listen, if God is watching over me, there's nothing in this whole wide world that can get to me, right? And, um, you know, I've, I've even felt that way. I don't own a gun, I, I'm, and I'm not dare trying to, uh, you know, step on anyone. I don't, I don't care at all uh, what people do, and I don't think that's wrong at all to own a gun. I've, I've thought of owning a gun, you know, but still to this day, I just honestly, I just feel as though if anyone would ever point a gun at me, I'd hold my hand at them. And I, would, and I would rebuke them in the name of Jesus. And I just believe that strongly in the power of God and His p- plans for my life. And if, and if my hand outstretched towards them and, and, the, and, and the presence of God surrounding me and, and the rebuke of the name of Jesus didn't save my life for that moment, I just believe that it's my time to go. And that's and that's just and that's just me. That's just a personal thing. And I don't, I don't dare want to take this conversation to say you should or shouldn't have a gun because I have no problem with it. That's just something that I personally feel about. And as we're talking about this, all I'm stating is you can't let your mind be filled with fear. You're, we, we shouldn't, and we shouldn't let our energy be used on self-preservation. Okay, please don't take something out of this that I'm not saying. What I am saying is the purpose of your life is not self-preservation. Okay, it's, it, it's not your job to look after yourself in these ways to where it overwhelms your mind or it takes up too much of your attention. It's not your job to build a kingdom, okay? Your job is to do what God says do, okay? And, and certainly, God has told many a people to use a weapon, hasn't he? God has, God has told many a people to go and take a country, but it's, it's by our orders from the Lord. That's the whole point of it is my, my purpose in this life is not self-preservation or self-exaltation, but instead, it's humility, and it's submission, and it's doing what the Lord tells me to do. And having confidence that He'll look after me in all seasons and circumstances. And so it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. So instead, I, what I want to do is I want to make sure the Lord builds my house. I want to make sure that, that I build my house on the Lord. I build my life on the Lord. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. Okay, I want to make sure that the, I'm asking for the Lord's protection and I feel confident that the Lord is looking after me. And this is the big one. It is vain that you rise up early and go uh, late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. And the word toil means to work, or specifically, it's kind of a derogatory way to work because it typically means to overwork. And so it's eating the bread of anxiously overworking your mind instead of getting sound, peaceful rest. That's just a word for someone today. Just rest in the Lord. Just rest in the Lord. You know, because... We, we often, we, it almost feels responsible sometimes to let our minds anxiously toil at solutions to problems, right? And solutions to what other people are doing and solutions to the things that are happening in our church and solutions to things that are happening in my family and in my finances and, 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 and all of these things. But ultimately, if I'm trusting in the Lord, then I know that He's going to do it and I'll pray for them and I'll bless them and I'll love them, but I can't anxiously toil because He gives His beloved sleep. 
He gives to his beloved rest. And then he says, Behold, children are heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And this is just, and this is just neat, just understanding that. So I'm not going to overwork my mind. I'm going to rest in the Lord. I'm not going to overwork in a, in a, in a self-preservation. I'm not going to overwork in trying to build or protect my life aggressively. Nothing wrong with self-defense, nothing wrong with all these things, but I'm not going to overwork in trying to preserve my life. Instead, my life means nothing to me unless it's God who's using my life. And in this same way, the Lord blesses those of us with children. It's the fruit of the womb, and it's a reward. There's nothing that I can do right? That to build a life that would create of children. Men can't create children. Women don't create children. A man and a woman cannot even create a child. Every child is made from the Lord. Okay. And so I know we live in a time where we think we can do all these things of our own accord, but intricately in the mother's womb, God forms a child, which means there's no accidental children, which is a blessing to us. And that every life is precious from the moment of inception or a uh, moment of conception but what we're what we're understanding is, is that that god has the ability think about a child think about anxious toiling thinking about watching over a city think about building of a house and then think about a child a child is a greater blessing and it's a bigger blessing and it's more miraculous than anything that i could ever do or or make or build on my own and that is god's handiwork and yet when you're when your wife or when you are pregnant there's nothing that you're even doing. It's everything that God's doing. And so childbirth just shows how God is saying, when your hands are off of it, my hands are still on it. And you don't have to anxiously toil and stay awake every night and think about, oh, are, are its hands being formed? Are its fingers? Does it, ha- does it have fingernails? Is it going, you know, I, you know, there's nothing I can do. And you understand that. It's a submissiveness to God is the only one that can forge this child. And that's how we should be with our whole lives. Is God is working in the unseen and there's nothing that I can do anxiously toiling, staying awake at night or getting up early or, or, or overwatching the situation or overbuilding the situation. There's nothing I can do. God can do it, and what he creates is more beautiful than anything that I could create. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. And it's just saying God has a way of protecting us and blessing us and giving of us children, which especially in this time would have been a form of security. You know, God can fill your home with children that then what you have them in your youth. So then as you raise up and you're grown and you're 50 and 60 years old, you've got, you're surrounded by a whole new tribe of people that love you and support you and respect you. And they're taking care of you. And, you know, and so your quiver is filled. And so just amazing, just showing how God works. And I'm, I'm just blown I've just blown the roof off of my time today, and I just can't even stop now. These are three short psalms, and they just blessed me, and so I'm talking longer than ever before on a podcast about them, but just stick with me, and I'll get back to my time regiments tomorrow. Um, (laughs) Psalm 128 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways. So there's a blessing here, a promised blessing 
If I fear the Lord and I walk in His ways. Okay, well, what's the promise of this blessing? These, everything else from this psalm says that this, these things will happen if I fear the Lord and I walk in His ways. You'll eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. And praise the Lord. I, the work that I do is going to have, it's going to have meaning to it and I'm going to taste of the fruit of it. It's going to have a purpose and a meaning and I'm going to enjoy what I'm doing. Your wife, I love this because these are specific promises uh, for your household. And I see these in my life. I see these in my life. It overwhelmed me as I was meditating upon this because I see these promises have come to fruition in my life. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine. And this could be your spouse too uh, within your house. A fruitful vine, this would have been uh, kind of a, almost a reference to like wine in, in the idea uh, or, or tasty fruit. It, it's the concept of your wife will bring you joy. She'll be um, someone who brings joy to your family. She'll be a good mother. She'll take care of your family, your household. She'll, her presence will be light and breezy and enjoyable. Okay, just the opposite of what like Solomon talks about with the nagging wife, right? No, that won't be you. Your spouse will be enjoyable. She'll bring you joy. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Uh, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. So amazing promises here. This is just, I love this because it's just a promise about family. It's just saying, if you'll seek me, if you'll love me, if you'll fear me, if you'll have reverence for me, if you'll surrender your life to me, if you'll focus on walking in my ways, following my ordinances, my commands, my decrees. If you're the pursuit of your life will be being a disciple and a follower of me, then I will take care of the rest just like I do to a child in the womb, just like I do to a city uh, that belongs to me, just like I do to a house that I build. I will take care of your life. I'll take care of your wife. I'll take care of your husband and your children. And I'll pour out a blessing on all of it. If you'll just seek me wholeheartedly, you'll have a wife of, that brings joy into your life. You have children that grow up strong and, uh, are, are people that uh, these are, they, they will be children who are, um, bringing you joy and you will even be blessed to see generations come from your womb which you know and i haven't yet tasted of this so i can't speak of it personally but i know when i speak to people who are grandparents there's a joy there's a light that they that they uh have on them there's a special uh blessing released when you see the children of your children and uh, i think everyone would agree with that and god says i will give you that blessing if you're someone who who fears me and walks in my ways i'm going to bless your whole family i'm going to bless there's going to be a blessing upon generations that come even after you pass if you're a person who walks in my ways